I'm Virginia Allen. I'm Samantha Sharris. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Monday, October 30th. Here are today's headlines. After a slew of anti-Semitic events on college campuses across the country, the Biden administration is rolling out a plan to combat anti-Semitism. In an exclusive from NBC News, the outlet reports that the Departments of Justice and Homeland Security are partnering with campus law enforcement to track hate-related rhetoric online. The departments will also provide federal resources to schools. According to White House officials, dozens of cybersecurity and protective security experts at the Department of Homeland Security have been tasked with engaging schools as part of the mission to monitor threats. NBC News reports that Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff and Education Secretary Miguel Cardona will meet with leading Jewish organizations to discuss the issue of growing anti-Semitism at colleges today, the official said. Anti-Semitic protests have taken place and statements have been made by students at George Washington University, Harvard University, Cooper Union, and the University of Virginia, just to name a few. A middle school in California recently asked four Jewish students and their parents to sign a gag order. The students were asked to not speak to any other students about an anti-Semitic bullying incident. Following Hamas's attack on Israel, a student at a middle school in California is reported to have told four Jewish students that revenge is beautiful and all Israelis and Jews should be killed. But now the Jewish students have been told that they can't discuss this incident. The Daily Signal's Tony Kinnett has been following this story and he joins us now. Tony, thanks for being here. Absolutely. So can you explain what happened here? What do we know? Why were these four Jewish students asked to sign this gag order and not talk to other students about this anti-Semitic bullying incident? Well, we know surprisingly little compared to a lot of other anti-Semitic events and attacks around the country because the school has utilized what's called the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act uh, as kind of a catch-all to refuse access to media, refuse access to concerned parents. Uh, what we do know, based on interviews of, of parents in the district, and we're still investigating this further, is that four Jewish students, all age 11, were approached by a student, were told very uh, horrible things. Again, all Jews should die among them. And then the school, in, in order to kind of try to smooth things over and shove things under the rug, implemented what's called a no-contact contract, which is kind of a common progressive measure that's in a lot of K-12 through schools which forbids students from talking about the incident to anyone, from communicating it. And it's this semi-pseudo-legalistic contract that they give to these kids in an effort to forbid anyone from knowing that, in this case, it looks like the administration goofed up big time. Have you reached out to the school? Do you know uh, why exactly they took this course of action? Are they saying why they took this course of action? We did reach out to the school and they immediately hit us with a, well, we're not going to tell you anything at all because the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act gives us the right to forbid any information that may lead to uh, the identification of a student. That's not what FERPA says. Uh, that's not why the law was written in 1974, uh, but that's what they are citing. What they did tell us in their letter back to the Daily Signal was that uh, these no-contact contracts are very common. They're a very effective way to keep students away from each other. 
Uh, but this isn't the case. There's a school that I reported on in Indiana, uh, which had a no contact contract between students and the uh, offending student who had committed sexual assault towards another who then signed a no contact contract, then broke that contract, that flimsy piece of paper, and uh, eventually had to be expelled from school. So not really a good response at all. We're finding out more as we start to file Freedom of Information Act requests. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Do we know what happened to the student who engaged in the bullying, who was bullying those four Jewish students? We have an idea of where the student came from based on several reports from uh, around the net and also from the beginnings of the information requests. Uh, did not live in the district and uh, the superintendent apparently, and we're still reporting, we're still looking into this, uh, reportedly the superintendent signed a special form to allow the student to harass the four Jewish students into the district. Uh, there's a suggestion that there might be a relationship between that student's parent and the superintendent. We don't know yet. Uh, but that said, what happened to that student since then? No idea. And the reason that there's no idea is because the school is wielding this misquoted federal law um, like a cowboy wields a pistol. And anyone who gets close, they're going to shove that in their face. It's a very common occurrence in public schools today. Mm -hmm. Well, Tony, we really appreciate your reporting on this. We've, of course, been watching these incidents take place on college campuses but really troubling to hear something like this happening at a middle school. So appreciate you following this story. We'll continue to follow your work on this, and we'll leave a link in today's show notes with your full report. But thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. Hopefully these parents get closure soon. Absolutely. Today marks day four of Israel's ground invasion into Gaza. Israel's military is referring to the invasion as the second phase of its assault against Hamas. This morning, CNN reported that Israeli soldiers have advanced more than two miles within Gaza. One of Israel's key targets is Yahya Sinwa. He is the leader of Hamas in Gaza. According to Israeli officials, Sinwa was the chief architect of the attack on October 7th that left 1,400 people in Israel dead. 312 Israeli soldiers have reportedly been killed since October 7th, with the highest casualty rate on October 7th itself. The Gaza Ministry of Health says 1,000 Palestinians have been killed since Friday. But Israel faces a major challenge as it tries to destroy Hamas. The terrorist group has a vast network of tunnels running underneath Gaza. This is where Hamas is believed to be hiding more than the 200 hostages that it has taken captive which makes this situation even more complicated. ABC News national security and defense analyst Mick Mulroy explains this challenge on ABC News earlier today. Normally you could take combat engineers, you could seal off tunnels, you could detonate explosives to collapse tunnels. You can't do any of that here. You have to actually get in with soldiers and go mile by mile. There's over 300 miles of them, both fighting uh, the enemy, Hamas, uh, looking out for booby traps and everything else could happen in tunnels, plus at the same time trying to recover hostages. And that is a exceedingly difficult task. Right now, Israel is continuing to call for civilians to evacuate from northern Gaza and has even called for the evacuation of hospitals. The U.N. General Assembly has called for a ceasefire in the name of a humanitarian truce. But Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu spoke today and said that Israel will not agree to a ceasefire. He said Israel is drawing a line between civilization and barbarism, per News Nation. It is a time for everyone to decide where they stand. Israel will stand against the forces of barbarism until victory. 
I hope and pray that civilized nations everywhere will back this fight. Because Israel's fight is your fight. Because if Hamas and Iran's axis of evil win, you will be their next target. That's why Israel's victory will be your victory. But make no mistake, regardless of who stands with Israel, Israel will fight until this battle is won. Netanyahu added that Israel will prevail. Pro-Palestine protests have been taking place across the globe since Hamas attacked Israel and killed 1,400 people. One of the last incidents took place in Russia, where a pro-Palestine mob stormed an airport in the predominantly Muslim Russian region of Dagestan. Hundreds of men carrying pro-Palestine flags and anti-Semitic signs forced their way onto the airport tarmac looking for an airplane on Sunday night that was carrying Israeli passengers from Tel Aviv. This is what the scene sounded like, per the Wall Street Journal. More than 20 people are reported to have been injured in the incident, including police officers. The mob forced the airport to close, and about 60 people were detained after the incident. In response to the mob attack, the Associated Press reports that Russian President Vladimir Putin called a meeting of security and law enforcement officials today. Russia has been critical of both sides of the conflict between Israel and Hamas. The 2024 presidential election is coming closer by the day, with many Republicans still bidding for the nomination. But former Vice President Mike Pence has dropped out. He made the announcement on Saturday, stating that it has become clear to him that it's not his time, per CBS News. After much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Pence is the most high-profile candidate to drop out of the race so far. Eight candidates remain in the fight, including former President Donald Trump, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, former Governor of Arkansas Asa Hutchinson, and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. Pence exiting the race comes after he has been struggling in the polls, but Pence says that he has no regrets in running for president. But with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Daily Signal's Top News. If you haven't had a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed, where we interview lawmakers, experts, and the leading conservative voices. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be sitting down with Christians United for Israel Action Fund Director of Public Policy and Strategy, Boris Zilberman, as we discuss Israel's ground invasion into Gaza and also what Congress's response should look like and what their support should entail for Israel. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read all of your feedback. Thanks again for being with us today. Have a great night. We'll see you right back here tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.